of the machine. Welcome back to this week's edition of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin, and today uh, I'm here with my good buddy Craig. Hi. To talk about the Tuscan Raiders, also known as the Sand People. Yeah, they uh, uh, march in single file. Yeah, hide their numbers, uh, and they come back in greater numbers. Yeah, they come back or something. Yeah. Uh, and and at the same time, we're going to talk Metallica because they have a high class track, and it just blows the pants off of everybody when they go to a New York Yankees game. Wait, are you a baseball fan? No, not really. No? Uh, no, I don't really watch okay. that much. Well, so when Mariano Rivera used to come out, he retired a few years ago, they would start pumping through the speakers a classic Metallica track hmm. uh, that's name shares something in common with the Sahara Desert, which we'll also be talking about oh, today, and beach-going activities and the like, uh, which is, to say the least, Sandman. Sandman! Uh, Bring it's, me it, a it was, dream! Enter Sandman is the reference yeah. I was making there. Uh, and we're going to... So we've been reading it. I've wanted to do a... Not so much review as much of a... Oh my god, books are fucking awesome! Sort of a podcast kind of like me and Deej do for movies. That's true. Books are awesome. And they're great. Reading is great, great kids. Reading is good for your for your knowledge. Yeah. And I got you into... Or I asked you if you'd be interested, and I just so happened to own a bunch of the issues for Sandman, which you had already started just the first trade back in navy times yeah i was underway and i read the first volume which i think is the first seven or eight one, issues. one through eight yeah yeah uh called preludes and nocturnes preludes and nocturnes and but i was on the phone and i told myself that i didn't really want to experience it that way so when i got back to land i would get the actual paper back and read it because on a phone, it's just so awful. Cause oh, you I have try to, like, to... I do it at work all the time, like, zoom in, zoom out, and, like... Yeah, I hate that. Sandman has, more often than not, been something you could read mobile without too much stress. So, like, I've been re- I read a lot of comics on my phone, on my iPad, and that I own. And, like, Justice League or any event book, never read on a mobile device, like a small one. An iPad's fine, but on a phone... Because the text is so small because there's so much going on. Oh, yeah. There's so many people talking at once or, like, whatever, that you're constantly, like, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. Sandman has been all right. Um, I read it on my iPad, not my phone. But I do go to my phone to, like, recap stuff. So I'll read an issue, and then I'll be like, wait, what happened? So I'll check my phone at work or something. It's been all right. It's not the worst. You de- definitely have to – your phone's smaller than mine, so you yeah. got to zoom a lot more than I do. But, yeah, it's, it's all right. Oh, but anyways, so – this is the start of what will hopefully be a reoccurring thing of us reading comics and talking about them, because I read comics every day. A yeah. lot of comics. and <laughs> Way uh, more than me. Sandman so. is widely considered one of the best. Um, I've done this a thousand times. I've Googled, like, top t- t- 20 comics all time, uh, top 100 graphic novels, like, whatever bullshit. Sandman's always top 20, most of the time top 10, and sometimes I've seen it in the top three. Which, one list put it above Watchmen, and I almost broke oh, my wow. phone in half. Yeah, because that's not true. <laughs> it's just not true. It doesn't My feelings aside, that's just not true. But especially once we get into talking about the first trade. I have no idea how they named this one, Preludes and Nocturnes. In, in comic stories, they'll like set up arcs. Then again, those are serialized, but they'll set up arcs and call them that within the issues. I have to read these as the individual issues because of the website I use. Um... And I read them one through eight, and never once does it reference Preludes and Nocturnes. No idea how they settled on that name. I think it's more of just the theme of the beginning, 
because from what I understand, the earlier issues of Sandman kind of bring in DC more, like you see the Justice yeah. League and um, Constantine and all that, but later issues focus more on Morpheus. And yeah, this was just like getting the set up out the way. Yeah, so these are all like a prelude to... Yeah. And a Nocturne. Yeah. Which, what is a Nocturne? It's, um... I don't actually know the exact yeah. definition. I'm going to Google it. Cause oh, yeah, Google. It doesn't mean much of anything to me. We all know what preludes are, obviously. But, so the book is about... How would you even... Okay, so it's about a god. Yep. The, his name is Morpheus, or any other number of names, but mostly Morpheus or Dream. He's the god of the dream world. And he... So the story is not about what the first trade is about at all. The, the story's him finding his life and whatever. I don't yeah. know. We'll get there oh, when yeah. we read more. The, the first issue, we oh, don't on, even get to it. meet him. A Nocturne. A short composition of a romantic or dreamy character suggestive of night, typically for a piano. Or, that's for music, or for an art definition, a picture of a night scene. Oh, that Which is, is applicable to the whole book. I mean... That is totally Tree or Morpheus. Yeah. They, um... So... Oh, I do want to, like, preface, like... To give the listeners a better background of this, this was the first uh, foray into comics done by Neil Gaiman or Gaiman, whoever. However, uh, you I looked it, it up. Uh, it's so they spelled it G, well, you know, phonetically yeah. G upside down E I dash M A N, which I believe is Gaiman, not Gaiman. Yeah, I believe. I used to do Gaiman. Yeah, and he's done a lot of comics since. Um, nothing nearly close uh, like on the same level as sandman as far as quality well maybe not quality critical reception um but he's an incredible author across the board from yeah, the books that he writes and all that stuff mostly known for his fantasy writing uh, uh that often gets translated to the big screen stardust Coraline, and i you said american gods got its own tv show stars tv show yeah yep. which i've heard is good and i know he's a co-producer or writer or whatever on i don't he's he's a something on it i know he's involved and i don't think he's like as big of a name as like george rr R. martin or tolkien but yeah. in the fantasy world there's big names that if you were to ask someone on the street hey who's this person like who's robert jordan they probably wouldn't know but if you like ask someone that is actively in that sphere of reading and writing, Neil Gaiman's just like, oh yeah, I know exactly who he is, even if you've never read well, any of his work. no one's as big as George, but that's just because of the show, HBO yeah. show. If he didn't have the show, the books were still, like, widely considered good, but that was specifically if you read only fantasy books. Yep. J.R.R. Tolkien, he had a little bit more going for him with The Hobbit into The Lord of the Rings, which the movies were huge also, the old cartoon, the kids. Yeah. Oh, was, I love the cartoon. Yeah, people loved it. So, like, he was a little bit in the middle. I feel like Gaiman is even a step farther in that direction of, like, R.R. Martin has the show that blew him up. Tolkien has a little bit of the books and a little bit of the movie because there was, like, way longer between them. You know, that was, what, 60 years between the movies and when the books were wrote? Yep. Maybe not quite that long, but, you know, anyways, so he had both holding his name up, and Gaiman is kind of in the middle of that of, his comics got him his name, his book got him his name, and now his work that's being translated has got him his name. So he may not be as big in fantasy books, may not be as big in movies, may not be as big as this, but he's got a little bit in all of it, so you're more likely to know someone who knows him exactly. than maybe the other two. Maybe. I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I'm just guessing there. I'd agree. 
But so he wrote Sandman. Yep. About Morpheus, like you're saying, the first issue you'd never even see him. Uh maybe the you, last panel. No, you do see him. Not in like his actual full appearance, because when you first see him, he has his helmet on when they oh, capture him. Oh, right, right, right. Because uh, the Demon King, as this old British Burgess, yeah, yes. Burgess, something Burgess. I guess the word for him would be a cultist. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the issues so that way, like, we can reference names correctly and Ooh, stuff. That that's you good. Know, just to be lo- locked and loaded. Uh, so continue, yes. The, yeah, it's the Demon like King. That old timey occultism of like the 1910s and 1920s. Yeah, that old timey rock and roll. All that stuff, you know, like the Nazis loved and all that shit, neo pagan, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they were like, we're going to capture death itself and get all power. And then they like do they, this ceremony and they're like, oh, that's not death. That's. Who the F is this? And, and Burgess is, act- is specifically like, no, we can make this work. And his whole goal is to, and even if they had gotten death, the whole goal is to barter their release for immortality, power, uh, power, yeah, unlimited power and like wealth or, you know, the very traditional. And pretty much Burgess just doesn't want to die. And as he gets older, you see, oh, he's just completely afraid of death. Yeah, they keep making the note of he won't talk. And he's just like, oh, we got time. Oh, because when he does, whatever, it doesn't matter if I'm 95 and like almost dead, he'll give it to me and I'll be on my way. So as time goes on, he's, like, getting more and more... Desperate. Oh, super desperate. He starts, like, freaking out, and then he, like, lashes out at his people. And all while this is going on, I thought this was done. Like, the premise, you could wash... You could just, like, wipe away as, like, that's lame. But they turn Dream into, like... Well, each of the Ds, the, the desire, yeah. death, dream, destruction, Destiny. whatever. Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Without one of them, it all falls apart. But they do a really good job of kind of... Not making Dream corny. Like, if you're like, yeah. okay, you take away dreams, whatever, life <laughs> exists. But, like, they treat it as a disease, remember? Oh, yeah, that was... Because they have all these side characters, which they don't... They maybe get, like, a little bit of dialogue later on, but it just falls in, like... They're not so much side characters as they are just, like, reminders and plot devices. Just like, hey, real quick, this is what's going on. Yeah. They don't even give most of them names. Some, uh... They, the, they, the four, the three or four they do, but yes. setting up to that, there's like... Like, you have the, the young German soldier that lied about his age to He's 14, enlist, fighting in the war. And he just can't sleep anymore, and eventually he kills himself. And then you have a girl that keeps on going in and out of sleep, and she'll, like, maybe sleep, like, 23 hours a day, yeah. or, like, sleep for a year. I was going to say, yeah, it, it kind of is inconsistent. Like, at first they have her waking up a little bit each day, then she goes, like, six months without ever waking up, and then she goes into, like, a zombie state. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't happen to everyone, and they don't, and they kind of explain it away as, like, uh, weaker character people or something like that. Yeah. Um, or people who have a lot to lose. Like, the kid was terrified. He's in the war at an age he shouldn't be, so it would affect him. The one kid, the black kid who turns into a grown-ass man by the end of it. Yeah, uh... Um, Jamaica, he, he's in Jamaica. He's homeless and, like, sh- struggling really bad. And it's and, always described that he enters into, like, a living sleep where he just is a walking zombie throughout life. Yes. Uh, he, he, people, he doesn't talk. That's one big thing. Never says a word and they're like, oh, look at this freak. There's a girl who, my iPad is not loading well, that's why I'm having trouble bringing it up, uh, who just never wakes up she literally yeah. like slept through forever and she and gets it, raped and has a kid and doesn't even know and just never remembers gives it. birth while sleeping uh although when later uh once dream frees himself which we'll get to she wakes up from it 
and she's like broken because she remembers or dreamt yeah, yeah dreamt i dreamt i had, had a, a kid and she's like crying in the panel oh there we go now we're working now we're now we're cooking with gas now um, we're uh but they, with por- portals they explain it away so this all happens in the 20s so they explain this away as a time uh, uh repercussion of the war scientists call it a psychic um a psychic like wave that's affecting people from you know a, a psychic god what's the word i'm looking for I can't think of it. Yeah, whatever. Epidemic? Yeah, yeah, uh, of just, like, people being so PTSD'd from this great war, the world war that happened, uh, which I guess makes sense in comic booky senses, you know, because it's happening all over the place. People are yeah. all suffering from this. But it focuses on these four people. The young girl who gets raped has a kid, the black kid uh, who's a walking zombie, the soldier who can't sleep. That's his yep, thing. He, he just can't, sleep. can't go to sleep. Which yeah, is... they, they ended his real quick. Like, oh, yep, he committed suicide at the age of 18. Yeah, yeah. He's he like, only... oh, wow, that, that escalated quickly. Ah, here we go. Now we're cooking. I got it loaded. Uh, so, yeah, there's the, the girl's name is Ellie, and she's the one who just wakes up periodically and never really focuses. The boy's name uh, is Daniel Boost. I'm not going to try to pronounce last name. Uh Bustamante? Yeah, Bustamante. Uh, Stefan Wasserman Wasserman is in the army. And then London, her name is... Unity Kincaid. She's the one who... Oh yeah, uh, Unity Kincaid. uh, And they all are suffering from some major things. So dreams go away and people get fucked. And this guy... Yeah, and these are all examples. Uh, I think it does mention that... They are just examples of what's happening to, like, the greater populace as a whole. Yes, and the way he gets this, so I, I just got it pulled up here. Mr. Burgess, uh, he basically cons a guy who works at a library. Uh, through. So they're known as, like, magic uh, soothsayers type shit. They can look into your soul yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the, the curator had his son that died in the war, and he's like, I'll get this book for you if you help me bring him back yeah, to life. Because I'm having dreams. Yeah. He says, like, I'm... I'm freaking out about this and like the idea was oh we'll summon death but they fail to summon death yeah and they get dream instead so he, he steals the book from the library gives it to this guy they're like you know madam uh, what was the jamaican woman who used to call her and she'd tell you her fortune oh miss cleo yeah she they that's what these guys are in that time so they're just miss cleo's like bullshit turns out it's all real they get the book and they summon they do this really badass ritual like he cuts himself and gives him the blade and the feather the blood the dirt all that good stuff and all of a sudden, this god shows up with his black cloak, balling ass looking helmet, um, a bag of sand, and a necklace, a jewel, a jewel. All and very important items for future reference. Yeah, and he's super weak for some reason, which I guess they never actually explain in the main line of Sandman. But there is a side story that explains why this happened, oh, like why he was okay. weak enough to get suckered into this. It's not just by happenstance. Um, so one day we'll read that, but it's not important to the story. Yeah, uh, they so just make, like, oblique references to, like, the time. Oh, yeah, I done goofed there, but yeah. I'm back. So they're just like, okay, go grab, the sh- go grab the shit off him. Take his stuff. Take his stuff. And they lock him away, and he's like, well, it's not God, but or it's not death, but we'll make it do. And this was what sets up, like, the whole aging thing. And Dream is just the most badass-looking dude just sitting in this glass bubble long black hair and he just never moves yep i'm not gonna talk doesn't say anything doesn't doesn't freaking point out anything and by the end of the first issue 
he breaks out, which kind of surprised me. I thought it might go a little longer. So it is in the first yeah. issue that he breaks out. The first issue is like 60 pages. Oh, yeah, the first issue is long. It, it's like a quarter of the trade. It alternates between um, what's going on with the Burgesses uh, as the Demon King, the old man Burgess, gets old and dies, and then his son takes over, yeah. and they go through the years. like the And then it shows his son getting older and older yeah. and older. Yeah, because Burgess dies relatively quick on. And then it occasionally goes to the story of these four people that are affected by dreams just to show like the effect that dream being captured has on the rest of the world on a limited scale they explain it more later how it's like fucked shit even bigger but this is just like a quick little like here it is uh alexander burgess is the kid of the demon king whose name i didn't find because i was scrolling past it i think it's tony isn't it anthony might be that sounds right to me i don't know doesn't matter not important so yeah, he uh, dies. Yeah, he dies relatively early on, like in like the 30s, the 40s, and then the kid grows up all the way to the 80s, which is actually Gaiman wrote this in the year that he was writing it, so it goes all the way to 88 or 89 yep. or whatever. Uh, this was first published in 1988, so this comic is as old as I am. Yeah, and older than me. Yeah, way older than me. It finished before I was born, I think. Oh wow. Uh, so, anyways, they do like an inner monologue for dream which i thought was really great of really a few words but he just points out that he knows it's almost time so like he has some sort of not omniscience but he's got like an awareness of some sort that they never really touch into like he's always tapped into maybe it's from his sister or brother destiny or something i think it's his brother because later they explain him turning the page uh Um, before we get on with the story i do want to like note on the aesthetics of dream because not only his appearance, because think like a a bit edgier. Uh, what's the lead singer of The Cure? Is it? Oh, uh, oh, um, shoot, something Smith. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know the black poofy, yeah. like striped or not striped, um, pointy hair. You know, it's like sticking all out and pale, pale, pale white. Yep. So I think I immediately thought of that when I saw Dream, but also the aesthetics of the comic itself whenever he speaks the the speech bubble is black and his jagged edges with jagged edges and the writing is white so even in the comic itself dream has a very unique appearance to him and they change it a lot i don't know if you were like super focusing in on his look but depending on what he's doing his face is a different design his body's a little bulkier skinnier like whatever and even when he's interacting with others, which I'll bring this up later in the later issues, mm-hmm. still volume one, so we'll be talking yeah, about it. It's on just this the cast. first issue so long. Yeah. It's really an extra large issue. But whenever like there's one soul he uh, spoke to, where his entire vis- visage changed oh, yeah. to reflect what he looked like when he knew this person way back when, and then later on. Uh, What's, what's the Martian's name? Martian Manhunter. Yeah, That's Martian Manhunter. The, he completely turns into just he a turns like, fireface. He turns into the, the, the god that Martian Manhunter knows him as, yeah. Knows him as, Which yeah. is, I thought that was incredible, because Martian Manhunter has the knowledge of whatever, if you know his history, like, the entire beings were tapped into each other, so they all had each other's knowledge. Okay. And there, there was one Martian that's job it was to hold it all, and he was, like, locked away and whatever. Anyways, there's a story going on in current comics about it. It's the only reason I know. But, yeah, he... he adjusts to what he needs to like he's pulling clothes out and he changes his clothing at one point john constantine makes like a little barb about it 
Uh, and they reference Swamp Thing, which was awesome. He's like, yeah, you should meet the green guy. He doesn't ha- he doesn't understand humor either. Because he was just picking on him that his jacket looks stupid. And Dream's like, okay, let me change. And he just like whips a jacket out of thin air. But so he's sitting in this glass bubble. And these two people are um, bodyguard kind of yeah. looking. I don't know why they even have bodyguards. They should have them outside of the room. But anyways, they're inside the room. And uh, Dream acknowledges that he can see into the one bodyguard's mind because the guy's falling asleep like he he says um he's sitting there having a conversation and uh ernie sees a conversation as an invitation to concoct tales about sexual prowess whatever frederick's no longer listening he's thinking about his holiday and then the spanish beach becomes a tropical paradise it begins and so frederick drifts off into a dream and you see sans sandman dream morpheus's hands come out through the sand in the dream and wake him up really quick and then he feigns passing out so like He's always tapped into the dream, but for some reason, they don't really explain that. The bubble, like, limits his powers, but yeah. he still kind of has them. It's like a containment bubble, so really, during the entire first issue, he's just biding his time. Yeah. He's Which, really patient. Oh, man. So they're like, oh, he's dead. Let's check it out. They put the key in, and the minute they go to take him out, he just conjures sand out of pocket nowhere. Pocket sand. Yeah, pocket sands him, uh, and basically knocks them all out and whisks himself away. He just disappears, because he travels through dreams. So if you put him to sleep, he can just, boom, he's gone. I didn't notice that throughout, like, the first volume. Whenever he has to physically go to a different place on Earth, he go he travels through dreams. Yeah, they do a great job talking about it, actually, later on. Um, he has to go, when he's looking for the ruby necklace, he leaves Manhattan and travels through Delaware and, like, Chicago or some shit, and he's just moving through people's dreams. He's like, you're doing this. Meanwhile, it's the, the issue is actually called The Passenger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that issue is called the... Pa- that's how he travels. And he's got a... The minute he comes out of Breaking Free, he steals clothing and such, and he's got, like, the most badass leather jacket with, like, flames down on the bottom. Oh, he's got style, yeah. if nothing else. Uh, and he he's just... He's literally, like, the epitome of what is cool in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Kind of like... You know what the whole aesthetic of Sandman is? Have you ever seen the movie The Crow? Yes. Just take the crow. And, yeah, with Brandon Lee. Yeah. Yeah, and just pull that sort of drab gothic appeal of everything, throw it in, and that's what this is. Definitely. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but I guess that makes sense. But then as soon as he breaks free, he's out of that bubble, he actually references uh, that all he needs is his goods, his tools, and whatever, and he will give me the other thing I crave revenge. So this whole first trade is just a revenge story of uh, Morpheus. Ready to ready to kill a bitch. Yep. Well, no, not kill. His revenge is ten times more terrifying. Oh yeah. Than oh killing. God, it's like I'd rather die than get that kind of revenge. But they reference it that the whole world begins to wake up, and it shows you the four characters again. The girl whose name was I just—that's your foot. Yeah, that's my, my foot. I thought it was the edge of the table, so I was gonna like you know, leave rest against it. Robert Smith is the Robert. lead singer of the the Cure. Classic Bob. Yeah, good jobby, Bobby. We knew this the whole time. Excellent jobbert, Robert. Robert. <laughs> and yeah, do you use iFunny? Uh, no. Damn, I just, that's where I saw that, and I laughed really hard. I saw it several times because that's just one of those memes that just makes it around. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the main girl wakes up from her dream, and she's just like, "Oh, I'm alive." That was weird. That was a weird year. The crazy b- black guy. Two kids walk by, and they're just, "Oh, look at this guy. He's nuts. He can't talk. He's crazy." And he just says, not anymore. Just like, and he's smiling. Like, uh, uh, uh. So his zombie, he was aware of life the whole time, and now he's like, oh, I'm finally 
I can finally feel. Yeah, I'm awake again. Uh, and the nursing home woman, she says, I had a dream. I had a baby with a single tear. And it's so sad because I think she knows it's reality. Yeah. Um, that one was pretty sad. But then the end of it is like, uh, shit, uh, wake up Alex, the Alexander Burgess. Uh, something's different when in reality he never woke up. He's walking through a corridor. He sees a black cat. He opens the door, walks in, and the cat sits into a chair, and all of a sudden becomes... Because Dream is like, if you've ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. in a dream, whoever's in control of it can do whatever they want, and he's the god of it. So in this dream, Aunt Alexander Burgess looks like a child, and Morpheus is full on, and he just basically is taunting him like, you son of a bitch, you stole my shit, you stole years. And I he ex- can't get vengeance on your father, but I can fuck your <laughs> shit up. <laughs> and he explains that time for him is the exact same he didn't just you know wasn't just like hey you locked me up and today i'm out he actually sat there for 80 years just doing nothing i mean i may be the age of eternity but a year is still a year (laughs) like shit 80 years is a long time i have to experience it the same and i thought this was kind of beautiful like them him not being so morpheus never comes off as like bad guy angry he just comes off as like upset father like like you know like you spilled his beer at the cookout and now he's just like i'm not upset or i'm not angry i'm just disappointed like i think he did a really good job of just making him seem ominous over right. overbearing like i always watching sort of thing not like knife to your throat more so like knife to your mom's throat saying hey you know what you mm. fucked up you which i guess is more ominous but anyways um like the ultimate revenge he catches on him is he's he's like no don't kill me no don't fuck with me and he gives him the eternal waking. So Anthony Burgess, or Alexander, sorry, Burgess, for the rest of his life is going to wake up from a nightmare over and over. And I feel like I've seen this somewhere else. Um, Someone probably stole it from him because I would have seen it in later Oh, yeah, years, this, this is a, uh, a trope that occurs many times, especially like in anime. Yeah. Or, it happens in Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach. Yep. Where uh, it's just reliving the nightmare over and over. What I'm thinking of is loose for the show. Oh, yeah. Your personal hell is just your worst possible memory restarting. Or your worst possible uh, scenario, I should say, because, like, Charlotte Richards isn't a memory. It's a guy comes in, kills her family, and is like, oh, you let me out, so... Oh, and it is uh, good to point out that if anyone's watched the show Lucifer, that uh, the character in that, the Lucifer, yeah. the devil is based loosely on these characters. Yeah, there's a credit in the yep. opening thing based yeah, on... Yeah, based on characters by Neil Gaiman and whoever the two other people exactly, are. Exactly, yeah. But very loosely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know yet. I haven't read... Once we get far... You really only see God for... Or Lucifer for a second. He's in one issue. But... You've... Have you watched season three? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. all the way caught up besides the two episodes they dropped on Hulu after the yeah. season four. I need to watch, like, the last quarter of it. I haven't gone all the way through it. Dude, the ending of season three is my favorite thing in the whole show so far. Season three was all right. Season two was incredible. Season one was all right. But the ending of season three, the last four episodes... Okay, I'll have to go back and watch it. <sighs> oh, boy. But my point is, one of the characters in season three is Kane. Yep. And they also bring Abel. But if you notice, the Kane and Abel in that show are, yeah. are different than the Kane and Abel that we will meet in issue two. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. So I, yeah, it is like loose. It's based on the fact that this is a spoiler for later on in this series, but Lucifer just decides, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to L.A. 
Screw hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he gives two other people his seat on the th- or, or what do they call a triumvirate? He yeah, creates triumvirate. a triumvirate of hell. It's no longer just yeah, the devil. Azazel and Beelzebub. Yeah, Beelzebub. The Beelzebub. Fly. But issue two starts off after he punishes that guy right with Cain and Abel. Oh, and I do want to n- point out that they make they Neil Gaiman mentions through like dialogue that time in the dream for Alexander feels longer than actual real time because yeah. he like goes through like three or four nightmares that are horrific and then his partner which is it's actually kind of forward thinking that it's 1988 and he features there's multiple gay yeah. gay characters in this like it's it's no hold barred yep yeah. but uh his partner's like he's been asleep for 15 minutes and you're like oh yeah this, his the rest of his life is gonna be pure garbage there, well he's the eternal waking so there is no the rest of his life it's just his life until he dies uh, yeah or even if he maybe he traps him in the dream world Ooh, that because they yeah. do a thing with death later in the story i mean there is a possibility because yeah. when you die in this sandman universe your soul does have some sort of purpose yeah to and from so but anyways you meet kane and abel kane's the big badass brother and abel's the not not badass jackass brother yeah like just a terrible person who he's gained so much pleasure on just making he's this very mis- cruel yeah, they reference it. He's like, hey, I got you a present. He's like, it's not my birthday. Uh, he's like, what, you don't trust me? He's like, well, you kill me whenever you have a mood swing. So, <laughs> no, I don't really trust you. Um, but it's not anything major. Um, there's like a knocking on the door, and Abel's so scared. He's so jittery. Every speech bubble, he's like fumbling with his words, and Kane's just like, eh, you little piss pot. Go check it. And it turns out it's his gargoyle, whose name is, what, Gregory? Gregory, yeah. yes. Yeah, Gregory, the like... This gargoyle looks like Puff the Magic Dragon from the cartoon. Just drags uh, Dream up to the front door and drops him off. Because I guess they, they kind of explain it. Like, Dream escapes away into the dream world, but he's not strong enough to maintain. He just kind of falls out of it. Yeah. And there's this... He doesn't have a lot of his power because he imbued a lot of his power into his three items. Yeah. And there's like an astral plane where stuff exists, like Cain and Abel. It's just kind of nonsensical world of which i'm sure we'll find out later in the story what it actually is but it it's just kind of like a almost like limbo plane yep. is kind of what i took from it um and they're there just killing each other over and over again so they oh, take Cade's killing abel abel's yeah. not killing Cade. yeah sorry sorry that's a good point and they're just like oh dream what are you doing here oh well, you've been gone for like 80 years or some it's, shit it's heavily implied or that 60 morpheus 70 uh, yeah it's something uh, they pick him up in the 20s and he comes back in the 80s so it's like 60 years it's heavily implied that Morpheus is one of the top tier people to be scared of. Like, even oh, yeah. Lucifer is like, whoa, 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 okay, buddy. Oh, wait, you don't have your powers? Okay, fuck you. Like, even he's kind of hesitant to yeah. just dream. He recognizes him as a monarch of his own kingdom. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, but I I don't I don't get it yet. I don't get that part yet, how dream can be. Because, de- ah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to read because you only meet Dream and Death. You don't get to meet. There's eight of them, six of them, eight of them, eight of the family. Oh, I don't know. Dream, how many. Death. Destiny, I've only read the first volume, and they haven't specified yet. No, no, they haven't specified a bunch. Um, but he's basically just showing up to say, "Hey, I want my I want my powers back. I, I'm I'm back, but I'm not back. I want to be king of my castle yeah. again. Do you have a, so it, this is where it introduces the fact that anything Morpheus does or creates gets a little part of his soul. Yes. So he's like, "Do you guys have anything I've ever given you?" 
Kane's like, no, no, what are you talking about? And Abel's like, oh, yeah, I have my scroll right here. Me and Kane carry them all the time. We always have them on us. Remember those letters you wrote us? Just blows the top off it uh, and gives Morpheus enough strength to go do his own thing. Uh, so Morpheus gets some power, goes to his world, and finds his castle just completely destroyed. Yeah, it's like... Not destroyed, but withered. It's like if you take a cake that you, like, had frozen, maybe an ice cream cake, and then you just leave it out in the sun for, like, half an hour, and yeah. it's all melting. You're like, oh, my castle's fucking melting. Yeah, like, what do, what do I do? And this is where it introduces my favorite character of everything, Lucian. is just, like, his groundskeeper. Just, like, this nerdy dude in glasses who's just like, oh, hey, Dream. Oh, yeah, that you, guy. You've been gone for a while. Well, stuff's a little different. I'm also, trying. some of your servants don't exist anymore because yeah, their they, existence kind of depends on your power. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of them died. Some of them went into hiding. Like, they all just... It doesn't explain all of them, or does it? Uh, no, it doesn't really give you everyone. It does, like, uh, mention that these servants came into being because Dream in the Dream World, Morpheus in the Dream World, wills them to be. Like, yeah. hey, I want some friends. I made some friends, look! Yeah, yeah, anything he does, he can do. Which they explain later, because in this story they introduce uh, the main villain of issue of Trade 1, Dr. Destiny. Oh, yes. And Dr. Destiny's fucking... All- I actually had to Google him to learn more about his history, because I'd never seen him in the comics other than like one time. He's hardcore, and they do a great way of making him seem just absolutely insane. Oh, in yeah, book. I'd love the, the... There's... At least three issues of this revolve around yeah. him. Yeah, and there's a big retcon, so that's what I was... There's a big retcon that Neil Gaiman, that DC, let him do. So Dr. Destiny could always control dreams. He could take your dreams and make them reality for better or worse. So he could do that in two ways. One, whatever you're dreaming, literally make it reality and destroy stuff. Or reverse, convince you to do stuff via your dreams, which is actually my favorite issue of this first trade is the dream where he's just in the coffee shop. Yeah, the coffee shop that is great. Is in the 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. that is a fucking insane issue. But anyways, they introduce him in a great way. They retcon his past. His mother worked with uh, Papa Burgess, the Demon King, and right after they summon Dream, they get the three artifacts, the sand, the bag of sand, the necklace, and the helmet. And she just takes the necklace, takes $200,000 and the other accomplice that was w- working with them, some other guy, and they just take off. Yeah, and then she's, like, palling around with the other dude that stole this shit, and then she's like, you know what? I want these for myself. Yeah. Bales, and then the demon that was... The demon king's constantly casting spells to no, get him. Uh, uh, right, the demon king, he's, yeah. He's like, cast a spell. Shit, it didn't work. He's still got protection. And the way that happens where is... where does the literal demon come into play? So there that is a is, literal yes, demon somewhere. So when they took off, she took the amulet, he took the helmet. So when they're away, when they're, they're out, he's casting spells, the accomplice is like, I need protection. He summons a demon from hell, says, can you offer me protection? He says, what can you offer me? He gives the demon the helmet. The demon cre- makes the uh, amulet that they stole, like a... Uh, security blanket, a safety net. Like as long as he's wearing that, any of these spells the Demon King sending won't do no good. And then she, she takes off with it. Yeah, she's like, "Well, fuck you, I'm out." So the minute she leaves with that amulet, all those spells hit, blow his head clean <laughs> off. She ends up being Doctor Destiny's mom. Yep. And she gives him the amulet as a token, and he just finds out that the amulet can is 
controls part of it controls your dreams and he like reverse engineers it through science and magic to obey him not dream and he uses that for all of what he does in dc comics leading up to this point that's his power is using that amulet and then Gaiman was like, oh yeah, that amulet, that's Dream's amulet. It was like a great retcon that worked and didn't change that much. Um, and, and made it so that you could believe either side. Like if you'd never read Sandman, Dr. Destiny can still be Dr. Destiny. And if you never read anything like I had, he can exist in the Sandman universe just fine. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. But they show all that. They show the mother like getting old, running away. Uh, Dr. Destiny's locked away and he's lost his goddamn mind, which they explain later as, like, you have god power. Like, and they've done this. This is a trope in so many movies and stuff. You gain godly power, you lose your humanity. Yeah. They do that all the time. And he very clearly has, which we'll get to that issue. Um, but anyways, now it turns into the part that I found the corniest. The corniest for Morpheus. Uh... His video game esque task of finding three artifacts to gain his power, like that's straight out of just some arcade game somewhere. Get through, beat this boss, get this uh, artifact. Beat this boss, get another. Beat this. Oh, you're all powerful. I do find like the task itself to be kind of yeah tropeish, but how he goes about it yeah, is really good. They did a great job. So first things first, he has to find his bag of sand. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Yeah, go back. And this, he finds this out by summoning the three witches. The three-headed slash three-individual slash one-being three witches. And uh, what Neil Gaiman does great with Sandman in general, or just from what I've seen in Volume 1 so far, is he does great taking things from the DC Universe and just meshing it well with mythology itself. Yeah. So... He, mythology is his whole bag. That's his M.O. That's yep. what he does. Neil Gaiman's hard into the mythology. And so the three sisters, uh, he reveals that they three go sisters. by many names throughout yeah. uh, Time Memorial, but they're originally known from Greek mythology as the the sisters that cut the weave of fate, like yeah. Clotho, Lekesks. I can't pronounce yeah. their names. If you've ever seen Hercules, the Disney movie, yes. there's those three witches that are down in hell, or not in hell, in the other world, watching everyone die, and they cut the strings and all that bullshit. Uh, so he's like, I got three questions for you. Like, and they're like, know? oh, you can ask us one question, but only one question. is yeah. like, where can I find this first item? I'm like, oh, it was last seen in the hands of this dude. Okay, where's this dude? Whoa, Whoa. you only get one question. <laughs> Come, Come on, on let's guy. slow down. You know the rules, so and they... so do I. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they only ask those three questions. Where is it, where is it, and where is it for the three artifacts? Again, kind of corny, but I get it. Um, so the first one is bag of sand. Yep. I got to go get it. All the while, I don't really feel like touching too much on Dr. Fate's like side story while it's going on. When he gets in the car, when he escapes Arkham, sure, but yeah. we'll get to that point. And they have to do the bag of sand, because that's, like, the most iconic for, like, the... Mr. Sandman, <laughs> take me away. Exactly. Boom, 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 boom. He just has a bag of sand, like, go to sleep. Yeah. But in this in this world, it's like, oh, it's he can do up. a lot of with that fucking they, sand. They introduce the bag of sand with a coked out, her, they, they, just the grossest, Neil Gaiman. And the way he can spin words to just skeeve you out. Oh. He, like, explains, like, her skin is rotting off her flesh. Oh. Her nipples are inverse and decaying into her chest. And, uh. But anyways, she's hooked on phonics. She, this is her crack cocaine. Like, 
it, it's more powerful than heroin for her, and it's actually killed her body, and it's the only thing keeping her alive. Exactly. Which, later you find out, is an ex-girlfriend of John Constantine, which when they were dating, even then she was a, what would you call her? Uh, uh, a woman of ill repute. Yeah, that's the classy <laughs> way of saying it. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go get Constantine. And I thought this was beautiful. They start the issue in, with John Constantine going about his day, and he's like, something's a little off. Everything around him is involving dreams somehow. He puts on the radio in the car, sweet dreams are made of this is playing on the car. Like, he puts on a movie, it's I Dream a Dream, and, like, everything is revolving around dreams. So you can tell he's being heavily influenced by Morpheus. And he talks to one of his contacts who's, like, this 200-and-something-year-old homeless woman that's, like, magical or some shit, and she's like, oh, yeah, Morpheus is coming for you. And he's like, what? That's not real. Sandman? There's no such thing as the Sandman. Which is a little unbelievable because that's Constantine's whole thing. He travels through heaven and hell and just explores gods and demons. Like, you think he'd be a little more like, oh, I mean, you've been around for two and a half centuries. Yeah, okay, maybe. Sure. But he just blows it off, and then he gets home and lights a cigarette, and all of a sudden, he opens the door. Oh, shit, it's Robert Smith from The Cure. (laughs) What's the uh, the love song? That's the only song from The Cure I actually know. Oh, I don't know if I uh, know it off the top and of my And the head. main reason I know it, Adele did a wonderful cover of it oh, on really? her album 21. Oh, however far away, I will always... You don't know that song? No. Oh, bad blasphemy. Anyways, 311 also covered it. They're a great band. No, I've not. heard of them. They're not great. Um, so anyways, he shows up looking a little different this time. He's like taller now for, for when he goes up to Constantine. If he, walk, he like is at the peak of the doorway... But later, he's the same height as Constantine. Like, I feel like the art is not meant to be literal in this book. You know how some oh, no. comics are meant to be literal? I feel like this was... Neil Gaiman would go to the penciler and be like, eh, change him. He's like, but he was seven feet tall. He's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Just He's he's a dream. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, like, the art is all fluid because he is dream. He's, and dreams are not a solid thing. They're an ever-changing thing. And he reflects that in his appearance... All the time. Yeah. Oh, and it's also worth noting that the witches, when they told him where all these things are, he's like, well, I'm not... Str- the demon has the mask. He's like, well, I'm not strong enough to go to hell and get away from that. And the uh, got the, the the necklace is for the Justice League. Who are these guys? I don't know who the fucking Justice League is. I'll just the, start uh, with the sand. The League of Justice. Yeah, he's like, oh, this will be the easiest. What are they? Oh, they're superhumans? Like, oh, superhumans. Let's just go to the regular human Yeah, let's start with the basics. (laughs) Uh, So he tracks them down, and Constantine has a bunch of leads. It might be here. They go there. It's not there. Oh, I know where this is. It's with my girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. So he goes to them, and they walk in, and the walls are covered in... Oh, no, no. First they walk in, and there's something on the light switch. Like, oh, this is disgusting. He's like, what is this? He's like, oh, that's a man. (laughs) <laughs> that's what's left of a man. And then stuff starts talking to them that's on the walls, and it's like this green... Oh, man, what's this wall? S- oh, that, that's her dad. Yeah, 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 that's her dad. It's this green slimy stuff, and then he's like... Constantine starts falling just through the sky towards the ground, and he gets scooped up by Morpheus. Yeah, he just slips into a dream automatically. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's what this is. It's all a dream. And Morpheus is like, hey, you sons of bitches. You follow me. And they're like... Oh no, you're alive! Oh my goodness! Oh, okay, sorry, Morpheus! And they like recede and separate and let him through the door. 
they were protecting her because she had the sand. Yes. Is my like, she used it specifically for her not to go like Doctor Destiny did and fuck shit up. And they're just like, we're gonna surround her. She gives us the power we need just through her own. She's got the goods. She's got the goods. She's got what we need. Her heroine is their heroine. Yeah. And so they just kind of walk through nonchalantly. This is the easiest task in the world. This isn't even a task. It's just like walk over, pick the sand oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> and Constantine, this is where they show the image. I wonder if I can find it. She looks. Oh my god. Defunct on that freaking bed. She her skin is just like haggard and worn away. Oh, it's issue three because issue two wraps up. With, uh, yep, with uh, Kane killing Abel again. Oh, it's like open your gift. It's like oh, it's a baby gargoyle. What are you gonna name him? Gold? I'm uh, not not Goldie. It was a uh, uh, Irving. Irving. Yep. What? I mean, Irving gargoyles start with G's. G's. Ugh, kill you. It's like I'm gonna call you Goldie, but oh my. Oh. So oh. so it's worth noting though. She looks a little bit like Morpheus. Look at the hair and yeah. like the face, like. Her body can't handle any of it, but she's turning into Dream by constantly suckling from the teat of of the frickin' Of his power. Bag of sand, yeah. That is his being in that So of sand. Constantine's like, you can't leave her like this. You just can't. There's you 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 she's destroyed. She's he's like, the minute we walk away, she's dead. Just so you know. I don't know if you know this. She's gone. He's like, just anything. So he sprinkles a little sand on her, sends her into the dream world where she gets to look young again and walk off with Constantine, like, in love. And Constantine is just like, hey, did you make her good? And he's like, don't worry, she was happy. Or, or how was her death? Painful and agonizing? No, she was happy. She went peacefully. Oh, yeah, Dream was like, yeah, I'll just let her have an agonizing death. And Constantine's like, come on, yeah. man. It's like, okay. And then the minute he gets that, his sandbag, he's like, huh? time to go fuck, de- go fuck up in hell. Yeah. I got stuff to do. Hell is depicted in a very oh yeah hellish way like, i really like this issue because the the art of it is just so hellish yeah and they draw in another dc villain or dc character they pull etri- a- atrigan etrigan oh, estrogen okay. they pull in yeah, estrogen. estrogen the big yellow guy yes with the red he's the guy who lives in and out of a half ma- half human half demon yeah that's how they described him and death Death sh- or Dream shows up and he's just like, take me to Lucifer. And this is where you first realize, like, oh shit, he's something to mess with. Because every demon, the main front weird looking thing with the battle axe is just like, uh, yeah, okay, come on. I don't think you're going to like what you see, but come on in. <laughs> uh, Atrigan, Estrogen, sees him and he's like, oh, come on. Nope, got to go right on up. Got to take you right to hell. Right through the front gates, front gates and he just meets Lucifer, this beautiful blonde with big black devil wings. I love the way they depict Lucifer. Oh, yeah. And he's like, all right, where's my helmet? He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, where's my helmet? And he's like, "You're." He's like, I don't know. I don't have power over this realm. What do you mean you don't have power over this Things realm? have changed. It's been like yeah. 60 or 70 years. Then this giant fly shows up. He's like, I split my power with this guy here, Beelzebub. Yeah, I know of a committee. The oh. Lord of Flies. The Lord of Flies. And then he's like, oh, so it's a triumvirate and lucifer's like nah more of a triumvirate this is azel he's a big like floating triangle yeah, thing with what eyes what the hell is he he doesn't i've never seen that imagery of anything ever it's like a black cauldron that's melting with this red head brain pointiness and eyes all over him i didn't get it i didn't get it at all actually um, i kind of want to see him again now that i'm talking about him well, it is worth noting that Azazel... Oh, also, Lucifer kind of looks like Jim Morrison and from The Doors, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's worth taking. But there's Beelzebub, and then there's that thing. Yep, uh, but for the most part, like, Beelzebub and Azazel, they're all 
from the Abrahamic religion. Yeah, so they're, they're, he's drawing more on mythology at this point. They're but other this, devils. They're other historic like rulers of the underworld. Like I kind of expected Hades to show up. Yeah, these are like the kind of demons you would find in the Lesser Key of Solomon. Yes, and then he's like, okay, which demon has it? And he's like, uh, how would I know? There's millions of demons. Well, fuck it, just bring them bring all. Bring them all. And then he does a sweet, like, okay, show me. Because it, it's his soul, so he can just tap into where it is. And he finds the demon, this super sexy, two-mouthed, wearing lingerie-looking pink guy. Ooh, uh, before we go on, can we just do, like, a quick re- rewind? Because I really yeah. liked... Uh, uh, earlier on in the issue, when he goes to the Forest of Suicides. Oh, right, 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 right. That's right at the beginning of it, actually, too. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow, this turned into a giant forest. And I'm like, oh, yeah, people yeah. are just killing themselves more. Yeah. What did he say? He said this used to be just a mere garden yeah. or something like that. And then after he passes through that, they go through these souls that are trapped. And he finds a soul that knew him from way back when. Who's yeah. like, Morpheus, have you forgiven me yet? And he's like, I still love oh, you. Oh, right. I'm still pissed. And he does that on Atrigan. Yeah, it's uh, past this Etrigan, point. Etrigan, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah, Etrigan. He says, uh, the. Oh, my dad's calling me. He can wait. Uh, he's like, the woods of suicides have changed since I last, last visited hell. I remember it as a tiny grove, but now it resembles a forest. Hell is changing. And Atrigan takes him by this, this black gentleman with, like, markings on his face, like an ancient tribe type thing. And then this right here. Yeah. He says, I greet you, Nada. It pains me to see you like this. Oh, my, my lord, you ordered me confined here. Your forgiveness can free me. Uh, don't you love me? It has been 10,000 years, Nada. Yes, I still love you, but I have not yet forgiven you. And just walks away. But uh, how Dream appears right there. Oh, oh that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, his image completely goes away. He's black with like this almost flat top-ish looking blue hair and these piercing eyes. Because uh, that's the way this guy sees him. Yeah, so this was how he was viewed as a god back in... 10,000 years ago. 10,000 years ago from, like, the men in Africa and whatnot. Yeah. And I just love that, just, like, how he, like... His appearance is so fluid and is always subject to others' perception. Yes. And then... So, anyways, he finds this demon. Super sexy demon. Yep. And Hell is kind of like the dream world. They can make anything happen that they want to make happen. Um, oh, yeah, so he's like, okay, uh... Was it Chorazon? Chorazon. That one. Uh, Let's have a competition then. Let's have a dance battle to figure out who gets the helmet. Chorazon. C-H-O-R-O-N-Z-O-N. Chorazon. Yeah, so they're like, okay, we could fight this out, but instead let's just have like a fun game where... Do you agree to a battle with me, the demon's going on? Uh, And he says, yes, I challenge you. And this was one of my favorite lines. They, they go into the Hellfire Club, which just appears out of nowhere, because in Hell, again, anything yep. can show up. Uh, and he's like, the Hellfire Club, it feels like a bad joke. And like everything else in Hell, it's deadly serious. And there's like this black woman with smiley faces on her boobies and a frog thing with a top hat. And everything just looks incredibly bizarre, but that's kind of bizarre. the point. Even Lucifer changes appearances in Hellfire Club. He gains a different face. And he's constantly changing appearance. It's worth noticing. Uh, at points, you know, he looks more serious like that. Then he's got down hair. Then he's got fluffy hair. Then he's got whatever. He's yep. constantly changing, too. The artwork in this, again, stays very fluid with the theme. And the game they're playing is, I'm going to say I'm something. Apparently, this is a classic game, um, like, throughout mythology as well. Yeah. Uh, that demons trick, try to trick you with. I'm going to say I'm something, you're going to say you're this. So, I'm a snake, 
Okay. That I am the snake crushing buffalo. Yes. You and then know. Okay. I'm the uh, the Ebola that kills the yes, buffalo. Yes, I'm disease. And they go back and forth, and then the demon thinks he has him on the ropes. I'm an all-exploding Nova. I'm anti-life, the beast of judgment. I am the dark at the end of everything, the end of universes, gods, worlds, of everything. What are you? And Dream says, I am hope. You can't really beat that. The, the demon's glasses are gone. He's, He's just like, like oh, uh, fuck. I'm, I'm, I don't know. And I, the part I loved about this was not only does he get his helmet back, but Lucifer is so, like, disappointed in this demon, he just locks him away forever. Yeah, it, no, not like this. Beelzebub protect... Oh, that's another thing. All of the different... Of the triumvirate, Beelzebub uh, and, and Azazel and Lucifer, all own a different fraction of demons. And this one in specific is one of Beelzebub's. That's why they couldn't summon him until all three of yeah, them Yeah, they did up. mention the Triumvirate came about to stop a civil war that was occurring in hell. Yeah, now they work together. So, as the at the end of it, he's got his thing back. He's a little more powerful, and he's like, uh, alright, well, thanks guys, I'm on my way. And, and Lucifer goes, are you kidding me, man? Are you seriously? Tell, tell us why we should let you leave. Did you forget I'm the devil? Yeah, helmet <laughs> or no, you have no power here. Uh, and then this part was such a fucking power move. You say I have no power here. Perhaps you speak truly, but you say that dreams have no power here. Tell me, Lucifer Morningstar. Ask your, yourselves, all of you, what power would hell have if those here imprisoned were not able to dream of heaven? And everyone just fucking parts like the Red Sea. They're like, oh shit. Yeah, good point. The whole point Touché. of hell is to take over heaven. The whole point of hell is like, we're better than you, but in a chaotic way. So they just freaking... And then I'm, I think this is going to come back in a major way. The end of it is, one day, my brother, one day I shall destroy him. Lucifer's got it out. And then the end of it introduces the next level up. Dr. Fate's mom died. She sent him a bracelet necklace with an eye hanging from it. And he's like, oh, I'm getting out of this yeah. bitch. Which sets up the longest arc, mini arc within the main arc. It's the next three issues are all Dr. Fate, which is why we don't have to worry too much about going in order. Yep. But it also shows you another villain, uh, Scarecrow. Yeah. Which I thought was awesome. Somehow, through nefarious means, Dr. Fate escapes his cell in Arkham. I don't think it really fully explains how he gets out of there. Um, but he's, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to relief. Yeah, I'm assuming the eye had something to do with it. With yeah. Like something it could, powerful. It could just pretty much control anyone at that point. Yeah. So he walks out, and then there's a guard hanging there dead. And he's like, oh, 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 that spooks me. And you realize, the freeze frame, it's actually just the scarecrow playing a prank on the guards. Like, I broke out of my cell, but I'm not actually going to escape. I just want to fuck with people. Yeah. Kind of scarecrow's whole MO. Which is in Whatever. It's silly, but it does work for the character. And, and he just like, has his tongue lolling out. Like, oh, yeah, man. oh, I'm dead. <laughs> and Dr. Fool Fate you. is like, okay, I've got to get to that gem. Uh, and Dr. I'm, Destiny. Sorry, Dr. Destiny, right. Dr. Fate's a completely different character. Dr. Destiny is like, all right, I've got to get to this gem because I am going to bring the end of the world. That's his MO. He's ready for it. Not well, some petty crime. It's more like he, he wants to be king of everyone. Oh, true, 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 true. He wants everyone to recognize him as king. He doesn't want to just be king. He wants everyone's recognition. Yes. And then the fucking... I was so bummed out, but it... When you learn about comic books as a non-comic fan, you play them off as kind of corny. Like, you know, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, all these things. It's, like, for kids. Because most of the representation is done in cartoons on television for kids. Yes. Comics are not like that. 
at all. Oh, no. And this next, like, mini story plays out a perfect. He gets outside with a gun, and he hails a car, and he's like, all right, drive. Typical robbery, mugging. Like, you're going to drive till I say stop. And him and this woman have this long conversation. She's terrified. She's like, oh, my husband's a mafia dom. He will, he, he'll murder you if you do anything. Oh, by the way, are you all right? <laughs> do, do you have the big A? Yeah. A? Yeah. AIDS? Help? I don't need no help. help. I don't need. I don't have helpers. No, like the disease. It would explain why you look like this. Yeah, yeah. You, he looks fucked. Yeah, he's like decrepit oh. and like his skin is gray and his teeth are missing and his hair is gone and like frilly. Oh, I think we should also mention the title of this issue is pass or the passenger or passengers passengers yes. and it has a double meaning because one he's a passenger in this car because he like has her at gunpoint yeah but it's the same issue where we talked earlier about dream using other people's dreams yeah. to travel to physical so, location because they're both going to the same storage unit yes. that has the, it's a parallel story the, yeah, yeah the ruby that was put there because before this um dream went to the martian manhunter yes and he's like hey you're this part of this Justice League and like yeah. oh that's no thing we're no longer the JLA we're now the JLI we, we went yeah. big and so he goes Dream goes to Scott Free yeah Scott Free Mr. Miracle is the superhero name of Scott Free and he's like where is it Scott Free's like yeah I figure I can help you out and he gets to him via his dream he comes into his dream and wakes him up and is like okay now we got business to do and Scott Free it's worth just kind of glossing over but Scott Free points him in the right direction I actually looked up the history on Scott Free. The dream he's having where he's a kid and his granny is torturing him, that's real. That's oh. his actual upbringing before he became Mr. Miracle. Yeah, I figured that's like, um, had to be like the backstory of who yeah. he was. It's not just a nightmare. He, he was raised on Apocalypse. Uh, his world, which I can't remember, and Apocalypse were in a war. And the understanding that they reached was the treaty was the ruler of his world shipped him away to Apocalypse, and, uh, uh, God, what's his name? The main bad guy of the DC Universe, the Thanos of the D Dark Side, shipped away his son to their world, and it was basically like, you don't kill my son, we don't kill you. Not necessarily the best treaty, but anyways, uh, so he grew up on Apocalypse being tortured by Granny, being put through all these trials of pain and fighting and war, and that was just his upbringing. So he was dreaming about it in a... I mean, obviously, you would dream... It's like how Batman dreams of his parents dying. Uh, he's just dreaming about it, and Morpheus wakes him up and says, "Send me, show me where it is. So Mr. Miracle hacks into the database and says, okay, last scene in this storage unit. Go get it, champ. So he takes off, and it does a wonderful, like, four-page thing of him just like, now I'm in, like I said, Manhattan, and you're dreaming about the f carnival, and now I'm in Maryland, and... You're dreaming about going on a car ride with your wife. All along, I'm sitting in the back seat, and you don't even know it. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, there's two, uh, the dudes back in there just, uh, copulating was the word yep, he used. Yep. He was like, well, I'm, like, uh, talking to the, the driver in the passenger seat up front. But yeah. my favorite was, like, and then I found this dog who, like, was dreaming of his past life when he was on a pirate ship. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, let's roll with it. Um, Neil Gaiman loves sex. There's lots of allusions to sex all the time. That's yes kind of one of his main themes but i feel like morpheus's entire issue up until the point where he reaches the end is kind of it's just a, a very neat sort of like this is how he travels and this is his life he has the ability to do this but dr fate's in this car with this woman she asks him if he has aids because he looks decrepit like oh you're cold i got a jacket feel free 
oh, you look hungry. There's a sub in the back, and my husband won't mind. Just eat it. Yeah, and they, like, slowly become friends over they this They build a relationship of understanding. Like, she's like, okay, so you're clearly... Your mo- he's even like my mother just died, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And that's when she starts giving him stuff. That's yeah. when she... So they build sort of an understanding of each other. And he's being friendly this entire yeah, time. Yeah, he's being great. And uh, they get to the end, and she's talking about how, you know, oh, my God, that was so scary, but I hope everything works out for you. For some reason, despite driving hours out of her way, at gunpoint, she's like, I, I really hope this works out for you. And he's like, okay, hey, by the way, is your husband actually mafia, or was that just something you were saying? No, I was just scared. He's and, a high school teacher. Yeah, and he's like, oh. I don't know if that really would have mattered any. And he pulls the gun and pops. That legitimately shocked me when reading it. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> wait. Oh my God, Dr. Destiny's hardcore. But they explain it later in the best way with the next issue. The very next issue is fucking heavy. So Dr. Or, um, Morpheus reaches the crate first, gets in there and grabs it. But when he grabs it, because of everything Dr. Uh, Destiny had done to it up to that point, or as he likes to call himself, D. Yeah, D. Um, he, it actually backfires and steals more of his soul. Like, it, it fucking goes AWOL on him and weakens him. So he's laying there on the ground. Dr. Fate opens it up and is like, oh, someone tried to play with you. And this is where he explains that over years, through science, magic, all this good stuff, he cracked it to be his jewel. And it would never work for anyone else. Picks it up goes out and he goes to a diner and he sits down in the diner and waits for the end of the world he says oh and it does mention that he was actually a doctor like a research yeah, scientist a, a scientific doctor uh looking for i can't remember what his main sen- set of studies were but yeah but he has a phd in horribleness yeah i'm just being <laughs> terrible <laughs> so he what are we at time wise oh my god we're past an hour so let's th- this is the best part anyways the next issue takes place over 24 hours just in a diner that Dr. Fate walked into. Or Dr. Destiny, sorry. Yep. I'm just going to start calling him D. That'll be a lot D. easier for me. The, pre- the reason I have trouble calling him D, and the reason why it's beautiful for the whole story to use him as the first villain, is because that's what all of them are. The Ds. Destiny, oh, yeah. Dream, Death, all that good stuff. So that's why it was cool. And Dr. Destiny, as well as the actual Destiny, is kind of a nice parallel. So anyways, it starts off innocent enough. The main waitress is actually a writer, She's just too scared to show anyone her work. So she works as a waitress, as a waitress, but is actually a writer pretending to be a waitress, <laughs> but no one knows her great secret of not being a waitress, but she is a waitress. And they think I'm a waitress, because yeah. if I told them I was a writer, they wouldn't talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> so she's basically being a perv ball, getting everyone's stories by being the friendly waitress. And it pretty much sets up that all the characters in this diner or coffee shop, whatever, are regulars. And all they know her. Yeah, knows. they're all good friends, which you I have that. Like, when I walk into Toy Vault, you know, Alex and them all know, know me when I walk in. Like, that's normal of, of a place you frequent. And they give you a little bit on each person. You know, the driver who spends his life driving uh, trucks, but because his wife killed herself. Oh, sad. And now he's Yeah, he trying. used to be a mailman, but then he went, like... Oh, my wife killed herself Well, it doesn't even go that hardcore at first. It just says, like, his wife had a drinking problem, and now he's doing this. This girl uh, and her girlfriend, this this woman and her girlfriend, split up, and now she's sad. Here, this couple came in. They're the business couple, but they're happy when they're together. This kid uh, is trying to make a name for himself, and he has an interview at a big business firm. And they've all got little things. And then she's like, I always write them into happy endings. And then, like, at the very end of the first hour... 
It's because she knows that if she keeps on raiding, it'll eventually just end yeah. in death. And this is where it starts to give you, okay, his wife killed himself by drinking too heavily. Okay, they split up because they're lesbians and her mom doesn't agree with it. Okay, he has a business interview. I can't remember why. He, like, lost his previous job or something. Um, this business couple actually isn't all hunky-dory. It's just that, you know, they do when they go have dinner. It slowly unravels. And then Mr. Uh, D starts D. to get impatient. And he's like, okay, I've watched these guys enough. Time to start using this gem. I can't remember the exact way it lays out, and it's not super relevant. It but does go, like, hour by hour. He always picks something new. Different. So he, yeah. he's like, we're going to make them sad. So it has the lesbian woman call the mom, and she's like, no, you can't speak to my daughter. Oh, you ignorant bitch, you intolerant piece of shit or something. Uh, the, the kid goes to get up from his thing, and he doubts his interview. Oh, I'm not getting the job. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'll just have this coffee. Ooh, yeah. coffee. Yeah, the driver, oh, my wife died. Oh, woe is me. I have nothing to live for. Then it turns to anger. You know, or, or regret, or... There's so many scenes. I'm not going to go through every hour, because that's a whole other podcast. Just this issue alone, Yeah, you could, you could talk. But I think it's, like, worth, like, unveiling the secrets that you, like, slowly learn yeah, no, over that's time. What, that's what yeah. I wanted to do. So, like, one of them for... So, he methodically kills one character at a time by changing their emotions in one way. Yep. Or he fucks with them just for his own merriment. Like, one time, he just turn, makes them all horny. And they all just start banging behind the counter. And you don't see it, but you see, like, feet and legs and, oh, yes, oh, yes. The guy's like, I can't do this, my wife. And she's like, it doesn't matter, just, you know, fuck me. <laughs> like, it's really all that matters. Uh, he has the one woman kill herself. Uh, the, yeah, the lesbian woman. Yeah. She's like, no one accepts me. My girlfriend doesn't accept me. Uh, I need to see, what does she say? Oh, she says something so incredible. I'm going to actually look that one up. You talk but like, about uh... Each of them has, like, a darker past than you think. The lesbian woman, she broke up with her girlfriend because they got in a fight, and she just, like, hit her. She beat her. Yeah, yep. she beat her girlfriend. Uh, but then she's like, oh, hey, I was just doing it because I was scared to, to, uh, that you'd leave me or whatever. And, like, um, the old man, uh, Oh, hold Marsh, on, she says it. So this is at the hour, the 21st hour. He shows them the delights of belief. So her belief is she's holding two things in her hands, two spears or knives or something. I want to see it, Doctor. I trust you. I will see the glory. God. I can see it, sweet Lord. I can see the glory because she ripped her eyes out. So technically, she can't see anything anymore. Because at this point in the story, multiple people are dead. He's already did a, a part where he made them all basically believe him as king. Kind of like he was saying he wanted. He, he just wants to be king, which I'm trying to find when he does that. He has them, like, hoist him up on their shoulders and worship him. Like, D, D, yeah, D, D. They're all chanting for him, straight worshiping him as the sort of god. Right there it is. Hour 10, they love him. And that entire hour is just love. And one of the guys, the kid with the interview, cuts his finger off as a sacrifice to D. Like, oh, my God, I love you. I have to show you everything about me. Which is just fucked up. But, like, uh, so the waitress... She got divorced from her husband, and she has a son that's, like, making it big in the big city. And Marsh, like, his wife died, but he was the one that bought all that vodka and put it he in the He did it room. on purpose, yeah. yeah. he's Because like, so he was having an affair with the waitress. With the waitress. And then he went to jail, where the waitress's son was there because he was a gay prostitute. Yeah. And he was like, you could buy him with a pack of cigarettes. And I did. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, so Marsh is fucked up. The waitress is fucked up. Uh, the couple... The dude always cheats on her, 
but she's a necrophiliac and actually goes into like how she came that way. She starts cutting herself. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was younger, she worked worked across the street from a uh, a morgue. A morgue. And one night she was like, just to check, just to see what was happening. She's like, I'm gonna go in. She sees a dead body of a young man on the table. She's like, I thought it would freak me out. It didn't. I crawled on top of it. I felt it felt great or something. So I started. She even said the words like, I started really going at it. And she just starts rocking the boat. Uh, and blood started coming from his face. So now when I have sex with my husband, I have him close his eyes and be still and try to relive it. But it's not the same. Oh, it's not the same. Oh, my God. That's so no, fucked up. I know. Oh. And he's cheating all the time. So she, he, uh, there was a certain hour where he, anim- where like. He makes them animals. He makes them animals. And the two alphas, the two men left in the bar, because at this point the marsh is dead. Uh, I can't remember how he died, but he died. They make some animals, so they fight each other. So the young kid goes up against the old businessman. The old businessman rips his throat out with his teeth. <laughs> and then this is where the next hour she explains that she loves killing dead bodies, and she murders her husband with a butcher's knife. Just cuts him up while explaining that she likes fucking dead people. Yep. Ugh, and then all that's left is the three women up on the, the uh, sitting on the counter, introduces the lesbian girl killing herself with the freaking picks through her eyes, and then um, the other two, I don't think he says how they kill themselves. No, they, they just get killed off screen. It just, yeah. It yeah, just, it's like the 23rd hour, he's just alone in the, the diner and everyone's dead around him. Oh, that's how Marsh died. That's how. He's, oh, the nails. Yeah, he's explaining his story. It was the hour 17, confession and penance. He's explaining that he killed his wife, that he fucked her son, that they were fucking each other. And all the while, she's driving nails into his hands, and then his face is bloody, which I have to assume, which is the hour 18, bring out the beast in him. She clubbed him in the face with the hammer is really what it kind yep. of implies. Uh, and then they, I just wanted to see, nope, it, she kills herself while the other two women are just sitting up on the thing, and then he stands up. Uh, peace and thank you. He stands up, hour 23, they're all dead. And then at hour 24, he's just sitting there and dream walks in the door. Everyone's dead on the floor. He's asking what the hell is going on. And Dr. D says, Hello! 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 I'm glad you're here. It was starting to get a bit boring, but you don't look strong enough to even to make... Er, but you don't look strong enough enough... You don't look strong enough even to make it interesting. Do you? And then Dream's face is just freaking deadpan like, well, You don't know what you're getting yourself into, bub. Which, okay, now we can wrap up the ending of this issue because... Issue eight's better. Issue seven, what happens is he challenges him. You think you can take me because with that thing, you obviously can on this world. Come to my dream world. And he goes away into the dream world. So he's Morpheus is hiding in the dream world and Dr. Fate, Dr. Destiny loses his damn mind and is like, oh, the art of this issue is just it's incredible. Great. He's like, take me to the dream world. You know, yada, yada. He's yelling. Eventually he gets into the dream world via his gem and he challenges Morpheus to a fight. And there's like, different scenes different sizes of each other they're bigger he's blasting him with his his uh jewel because if he can kill morpheus he will own this world because morpheus explains to him this is his own universe in the dream world i am king so he's like all right fuck that other place i'll become dream of this or yeah king i'll of be this. king of this yeah fuck it easy enough king just, of everyone and everything of the dreams and shit yeah i just have to kill you so he goes berserk trying to kill him with the with the gem and what he ends up doing is destroying the gem by overloading it basically and when he does that all of morpheus's soul gets pulled out and lands back in morpheus and he's all powerful again 
Now, this is where I felt a little out of character. He didn't actually punish Dr. Yeah. Destiny at all. Dr. Destiny's like, he re- recognizes he's lost his power, and he's like, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. And I think what he, what the whole point of it was, was because Morpheus allu- like states it a few times, I have no idea what it could do to the human psyche to have that much power. Like, it had to have messed you up. So all he does is he, he just takes him back to Arkham and drops him off. And then you Wait. get, like, a nice little scene with uh, the Scarecrow again. He's like, I told you you'd be back. <laughs> He's like, and oh, man, it feels so bad that Joker's not here on April Fool's Day. It's just not <laughs> <Yeah>. the same. <laughs> yeah, he's just having such a good time. Uh, and Dr. Fate just gets wel- welcomed back as an insane patient again, like, completely broken out of power the exact same way he walked out of there. I would have liked to have seen him have something like the Eternal Waking, but this kind of helps to humanize Dream a little bit. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just make him someone, because he's punished that one guy for 10,000 years. He punished uh, the son of the man who imprisoned him with the eternal waking. Uh, but the woman who had his sand, he gave her a wonderful, like, going out present with her dream. And he let Dr. D just kind of go back to prison. Like, okay, you're insane. I'm not going to fuck with you. I think the main thing is the Burgesses did something against Dream. Uh, the guy that was in prison did something against Dream, but Dr. D was just doing what he wanted to do. It wasn't anything malicious towards Dream until Dream came up and was like, give me that or I'm gonna fuck you up. Yeah, it was happenstance more than anything, so maybe that is it, which is nice. Like I said, it gives gives more depth to Morpheus, which I appreciate. And then issue 8, they introduced death which was awesome. Yes. She walks up and she's like, what's wrong, fella? And they don't tell you it's death at this point. And she's just like, you look glum. And it's like that kind of... I've seen this in movies and like animes as well, where he's just like, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. Oh, come on, buddy. Something's got it down. And also, then, death is fine. Super fine. Super fine. Uh, it's like a young woman. Yeah. Um, but he's just like, all right, fine. You asked for it. And he over-explains the situation. So if this was a normal person... She'd be like, yeah, okay, buddy. Uh, you fought demons, you uh, have artifacts, you rule dreams, whatever. And it's basically just Morpheus being a sad sack. Huh, I'm, I'm bored now. I did the thing I wanted to do, and now that I did it, what I, do I do? I feel unfulfilled. And she's like, the whole issue is her taking him around, going, quit being a bitch, man. Like, you have a purpose to fill. You've filled it for millennia. Why do you feel this way now? And they... It's so... This is where the first... This is one of the first moments where I felt like Neil Gaim, Gaiman... Gaiman. We talked about this yep, earlier. Gaiman. Where Neil Gaiman's writing kind of overtook me as being, like, artful. Because he talks about... He does it all from Morpheus's inner monologue, explaining that he gives people dreams. He gives people a reason to wake up in the morning and go to bed at night, and it's beautiful, and people love it. People love to dream, and they hate to have nightmares. But they all don't appreciate death. Yeah, because was... every time she takes someone, I don't know, like in a lot of things. When the Grim Reaper shows up, they're like, "No, it's not my time." When she shows up, though, after they've died, they're like, "Okay, you know what? Can I just say one more thing, and then I'm on my way out? Like I'm good." And yet, they're in humans' entire lifetime. We we try to avoid that. Whereas like nightmares, we go to bed at night and terrified, and we wake up, and yet we ask for it more. She gives the ultimate... I think they even say it. She gives the ultimate gift, and he doesn't, and yet they... Yeah, they underappreciate her. Yeah, yeah they love him and don't like her. And he, and he makes the point of, like, 
before you were born, there was so much of you not a part of things. Why are you afraid to go back to what you were for the most of millennia? Yeah, just like there, there's a purpose for you, just like there's a purpose for me, whether or not we need it to be recognized. And the end of the issue is him just going, all right. Oh, he does like do uh, recite a pretty can, nice poem about death. I can bring it up. Oh, yes. I really liked it. Uh, oh, it's a long one, but yes, he does. I know what you're talking about now. But he he ends the episode walking out like, you know, it, this could have been... So I'm excited to read 9. That's the problem I don't like about reading it in trades, where I prefer issues. If in trade, um, it's almost too much of a wrap-up of a story, whereas in an issue, I can be like, okay, on to the next one. What's going to happen next? But it's a little bit of a corny wrap-up of like, you know what? I am worth it. I, I am someone who can do something, you know? I'm, I'm better than that. You're good enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. Yeah. Okay, so here he says, Many thousands of years ago, I heard a song in a dream, a mortal song that celebrated her gift. I still remember it. Do you want me to read the whole thing? I'll read it out. Yeah, do it. Death is before me today, like the recovery of a sick man, like going forth into a garden after sickness. Death is before me today, like the odor of mir. Myrrh, sorry, like sitting under a sail in a good wind. Death is before me today, like the course of a stream, like the return of a man from the war gallery to, galley to his house. Death is before me today, like the home that a man longs to see after years spent as a captive. That for, oh, and then he goes, that's the end of the poem. That forgotten poet understood her gifts. Like his whole wrap up is like, she's, she's beautiful. I'm beautiful too. It's kind of like a self-acceptance sort of ending. Yeah, we're being classy up in this bitch. Yeah, you've given me much to think about, he says. Uh, there is much to do in my kingdom, much to restore, much to create. But that can wait. I have found the solace I sought, though not in the way I imagined it. For From my dreams, I conjure a handful of yellow grain. I throw the grain into the air, and I hear it, the sound of wings. It's a little like overreaching as far as like trying to be deep for me but it's a kind of the perfect ending to the story so i don't know where to go i've never read past this yeah neither have i so this is going to be new for both of yeah, us yeah i read this story when i was like 13 my buddy was really into it and he's like check this out and i was like yeah okay i didn't remember a single piece of it i don't remember anything more i just know dream like i don't know where you could take it from there yeah that's i'm so curious dream controls dreams and now he's back to doing that okay but they i don't know i don't know i don't know we'll see i feel like this whole first volume was all just setting up the character of morpheus and now we actually get to figure out where his story's gonna go now that we know who he is or has some sort of idea of what he is yeah yeah that's true um i am I'm not sold on it being one of the best yet. Like, this issue, or this trade wasn't enough for me to be like... You know, I've read probably a dozen better stories than this single trade. Yeah. But it gave me way more than enough to want to keep going. And from what I read, I didn't read any spoilers, but I did read that after this, the tone of Morpheus gets different. It, yeah. beca it gets more in its own, because yeah. a lot of this first volume was relying on both mythology and the greater dc universe yes yes they pull away from the dc universe i do know that they do pull away a bit um and and centralize they just you're in the same universe you're in the same towns and whatever but they pull away from showing you i mean shit you saw martian 
you saw Constantine, they referenced Swamp Thing, you saw Mr. Miracle, like, they put a pretty heavy amount of DC into this. Also, I'm very proud of you, because on one of the pages, they did have, like, a very small panel mm -hmm. that had Batman in it, and you didn't talk about Batman. I don't need to. I held, I'm stayed strong. But they are, actually, they even, uh, Mr. Miracle's like, hmm, who could we go to to help for this? Batman? Nah, he's busy. Yeah, he's working right now. It's like 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So that was a nice nod, but I do know they pull away, which I'm very excited about, to see more of just them. You do get to meet all of the brothers and sisters. Um, I don't know how or what they do, but it's going to be good. All right. Anyways, we good? Yeah, we good. We're going to do this again. It's very easy to read this very fast, so I would like to try to bang these episodes out as just like random ones. Okay. You know, like whenever we're free, just like, hey, let's record one and throw it up. It doesn't have to be a weekly release. Mostly, I just kind of want to keep reading it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't really want to wait, because if I read issue two and then we don't record for two weeks, not only A, yeah, do I like have the worst memory ever, but B, I'll lose the excitement. I finished volume one yesterday, and I was like, I could start volume two, but I was like, oh, no, I got to wait for the we episode. Can start, yeah, we can start now. Starting today, we can, and who knows, maybe we finish enough to do it on the weekend, whatever, yeah. but otherwise, check it out for sure. DJ's downstairs reading it now, and I'm kind of curious to see what he oh, thinks. Oh, yeah, I want to know what he thinks. Uh, otherwise, this has been Man in the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Craig. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.